0: Today's episode of the Startup Diary is sponsored by FIDAS Information Security. Keep your business safe online and open up more opportunities by gaining a Cyber Essentials Plus certificate. Not only does this give you a much better idea about how to prevent cyber criminals from gaining access to your data, but it also allows you to work with most public sector organizations. All you need to do is take a questionnaire and have one of Fidas's cybersecurity consultants perform an internal and external infrastructure vulnerability assessment on your business to gain the award. Listeners of this show can receive a 33% discount on this service, meaning you can gain a Cyber Essentials Plus certificate for as little as £1,200. Visit sd.fidusinfosec.com for more information. That's sd f-i-d-u-s-i-n-f-o-s-e-c com
1: hey guys welcome to episode 292 of the startup diary podcast harry has one job in the first five seconds of these shows can you spot the mistake that he makes in this episode we speak about competition whether you should pay attention to it and other things you should look at when building your business and staying true to your vision enjoy.
0: Hey guys and welcome to episode 291 of the Startup Diary. I am Harrison Mudge and I'm with my co-host Adam Callow. Who's feeling better? I feel more energetic now. I can tell. I need a coffee. I haven't had the coffee. That's the the irony of it all. We don't We've not actually sipped our coffee.
1: But energy levels. If you listen to 290, we recorded <laughs> this and that at the same time, and they are completely different. And the only thing we've done is pour coffee. <laughs> Guys, my name's Adam. Thanks for joining us on the Startup Diary podcast. If you're new to the show, this is where we're documenting what it's like, what it's truly like to build a startup business without hiding all the problems that we face along the way to help you avoid the same mistakes that we've made. Harry, we had a post go into the Facebook group. We
0: did. We did. And it was from David Wu. You've got a habit of throwing it over and leaving me like that. Uh, It was from David Wu and uh, I'll get straight into it because it's quite an interesting one. He says, morning all, a question for everyone in the group and perhaps for one, one for the show. Uh, What are your views on competitors? I was lucky enough to work with and report directly to the CEO of what is now the largest estate agents in London. I would like to quickly add that I was not an estate agent. (laughs) Uh, and And whenever I would mention the competition or what they were doing, his view would be to ignore them and focus on our own vision. Sometimes we would be way behind in the way we approach things, but that drive to stick to our game plan eventually took the business to its goal of being number one, and it has stayed there for some time. He's often done things differently to the competition, and after all, Apple's slogan, Think Different, springs to mind. So his question is, do you think it's important to keep an eye on the competition or do you think it's better to follow your own vision? No right or wrong answers as every business is different, but if you have clear examples of when following the competition or ignoring them has worked for you, that would really help rather than just opinions. So again, this was over in the Facebook group, Startup Diary Club, just search for it. You can find the group somehow. Don't know how you would find it without using the link, but I'm not bitter. Adam, what are your thoughts on this? I'm gonna throw this straight back at you just out of curiosity. Whoa. So I've
1: got mixed views on this and I think it depends it Depends on who you are, what you do. If you're trying to innovate something new in a new market, there's all these questions that we can mm-hmm. ask, we can dig into. But let me just ask you, who do you think our competitors are at Expert
0: Trades? Uh, that is a great question. Um, because I think- Well, we do different things. And I think that hurts
1: me when we talk about the business like this because we never sound. You're a hundred percent right, but we never sound clear. But carry on.
0: So, so our USP is the community that we have underneath all of these other services that we provide. Yes, but the the, the services that we provide are different services that are, um that we just bring together. So, for example, the website package. Yep. Well, there's loads of um, there's loads of independent website companies out there that you've got build your own uh, build your own styles yeah the Um, Wix's the Squarespace then you've got things like yellow pages and and, and everything else in between Um, those con artists carry on so they're technically a direct competitor because they're literally building the same thing we are a a website is a website is a website we also do uh, quote an invoicing package has an app has a web portal Yep. so you've got the thing you've got things like invoice to go all the way up to something like CommuSoft. Um, and ev- again, everything in between, uh, QuickBooks, all these things. So yep. the, the functions are the same, quotes, invoices, reminders. A little bit.
1: There's, invoice to go doesn't have like trade-specific features, like gas certificates and bits like that, but your principles. But the, the f-
0: fundamentally though, someone can make it work. Yep. In, uh, by using it So like a trade could use invoice to go and just work around some of the limitations that that platform might have Agreed. and still achieving the same sort of um, same results yep so they occupy the same space
1: and so then and then so that's on the product side and then yep. we've got the other, so like you say we do a couple of things so one we've got underlying everything we've got the community on one side of the business we've got the products that we um, build for trades professionals to make their life a little bit easier yep. on the other side we've got the agency that we've got so this is where we help brands in the construction industry better understand their customers and sell more products mm-hmm. and then on that side you might say well actually like, every agency in the UK is a competitor of ours and I think as a company the first thing that people need to do as they listen to this is try and identify uh, what they do and who their competition is before you even think about do you mm. pay attention to them or not? Because like you say, we could look at invoice to go as our competition. We could look at every agency as our competition. But that helps us really define our USP, which is none of these companies, every agency in the UK might be great at what they do. They might have some mm. fantastic creatives, but they don't have this underlying community of 25,000 tradespeople that they can then do test market with, face, all the stuff that we do as a business. So I think the first thing that you, you definitely need to do is identify who your competition is. And for us, as you've explained, it can be a little bit difficult. With an estate agent, they know what they do. They help sell houses, as a very basic example. With us, we, talk, we have touch points with different types of customers doing different things. But I think, for me, what we need to do is say, actually, for each product within the company... What is the competitive landscape of that product so as you pointed out actually we've got a tool that does quoting and invoicing Mm -hmm. and i guess david's question was do you pay attention to people that are in a competitive space to you or do you just sort of go heads down we know what we're building and just go and build it and ignore what everyone else is doing and just go to the finish line you know where the finish line is and you're going to run there. Fucking regardless of who's running next to you. Well, so, what sort of his, attitude? His,
0: his question, so he says, do you think it's important to keep an eye on the competition or do you think it's better to just follow your own vision? So I, the way I interpret that is he's like, should you be aware of the competition and understand their journey and where they're headed and potentially whether you try and directly compete with that or just think, okay. I th- well, let me take it back a step. I think if... You keep an eye on the competition and realize that you're both heading for the same space. Yep. The question is, do you continue on your um, path to the same space because you because you kept, blinkers on or you, yeah, blinkers on or by keeping an eye on the competition, do you then change course? Okay, so. Does that, does that make sense hundred percent makes sense and I want to I want to do
1: want to speak about this in a bit of a higher level to help everyone in the community because I think this is out I think the bigger question here is outside of competition as a owner of a business you need to define your mission and where you're going mm-hmm. however uh, you can't be too blinkered because one competitors exist and my opinion is you should be aware of competition and what they're doing doesn't mean you copy you should be aware of competition and what they're doing mm-hmm. Secondly, is outside of competition, the environment, the landscape shifts. And here's what I mean by that is, um, let me try and think of an example. I don't know how many years ago it was. Uh,
0: <laughs> I saw you like, uh. yeah. Blockbuster. Yeah.
1: If Blockbuster was looking at the DVD rental space and they're like, we need to become the best DVD rental shop in the UK mm-hmm. or world. They kind of go, okay, so here's the mission. Here's the vision that we're on. We need to do this. And they were just sort of said, actually, heads down, this is what we're doing. And they're saying, actually, we don't care about competition. We don't care what they're doing. We're just going to run at this as fast as we can. So we own this space and we become the brand that you rent and buy DVDs from. Don't think they bought. I think they just rented. But you get the point. I think you could buy from them. What happened over here, so I'm blinkered right now. What happened over here at God knows where in the world, Mm -hmm. this thing called Netflix started. And they started with DVD rentals online. And Netflix did okay at that. They got some customers. But Blockbuster was like, no, 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 that's not what we do. We have physical retail stores. Here's how we operate. And they kept doing that. And then all of a sudden, Netflix looked at the customer base and said, actually, technology is improving. And this is why competition mm-hmm. isn't just about what other people are doing, it's what's available. So there's mm-hmm. certain things that we want to do as a business, but the technology is not quite right yet. But it's still in our roadmap. We know what we want to do. But Netflix said, actually, there is technical technological improvements that allow us to stream stuff which means we don't have all the postage the returns the breakages all that we don't have that so we're going to do streaming online and we all know how that story ended up blockbuster went out of business and netflix is worth a couple of billion dollars Mm. so i think when you're looking at competition one look at the landscape of who you think is your competition and that might not always be true like we might say every agency in the uk is our competition i don't find any of them competitive just don't because we don't price ourselves the same we don't deliver the same value Mm. proposition but when we speak to a business we look and act like an agency so we have to we have to be aware of that because it helps us position in the sales process but outside of the competition i think what david definitely needs to look at (coughs) is the external landscape of in terms of what's happening in the whole industry that they operate in any thoughts on that so would you want to take a sip of coffee
0: would you? It's good coffee, by the way. It's I can feel it kicking in and coursing through my veins. Um. So would would you though? If if you were heading in one direction and and you were, for example, you're building the you're building an our invoice platform. Yep. And you're bringing in some sort of um, booking technology where customers can book the trading. Yep. And then you realise that a com- a competitor in the same space is building the same thing. Um potentially better because they've got bigger budget behind it. Do you think we're we're just never going to be able to compete with what they can offer? So we should probably put our funding uh, and research elsewhere into something else and try and niche as opposed to competing, or do you still go for it and try and build a niche within that same functionality and space? Does that make sense? 100%. One, it's
1: a great question. Two, we'll get back to it right after this break. So Harry, you asked the question of whether if we were thinking about building a new product or a new, sorry, a new feature within a product and a competitor got there quicker, first to market, first mover advantage, Mm -hmm. would we still do it? We did, we had this exact same situation on a relatively small scale with our website package. So we wanted to build an online booking form where a homeowner could go to a website and like there's a service called bot, basically click, I've got a three bedroom house, I've got two bedrooms, one bathroom, and I need new boiler, here's a price. Mm -hmm. And there's a service out there called TrueQuote. And it came onto my radar. So the first thing I actually did was call up Truco. I was like, cool, let's meet. So he came down to the office. I was like, car's on the table. I like what you've done. Would you like to do a partnership or we're going to build it anyway? What do you want to do? He was like, oh, mm-mm. So during that time, we actually installed Truco on a number of our customers' websites. I think the one huge motor and our business and the differential factor we've got, which is our USP. It's our only USP. is the community that we've got. Mm. So we've basically installed this product this feature onto a number of websites and then we went out to the community and said one do you like it And everyone went yes we like it it got installed and we thought okay we need to start looking at we us building this product yeah because we've got they know like and trust us already and we can win some more business and increase the revenue of the website package great so then what we started to do is actually look at the adoption rate of this technology and how people were using it and we had installed it and three months later we don't install it <laughs> because okay. they were paying 20 25 pound a month for this service that wasn't generating the ROI okay so because we'd known about the competition, spoke to them fairly aggressively, to be honest. not not I wasn't aggressive with the person, but to bring a competitive in and say, yeah. actually, we are in the process of building this. You got to market quicker. Would you like to do a deal? I think they're the sorts of things that you can do if you're a bit bolshy. Cool. But because we've aware of it, put it on the radar, put it into our product roadmap, but then watched it and then spoke to our customers about why you're uninstalling it. We probably saved ourselves seven, eight months of development. Mm. And that's because we weren't blinkered. We didn't go cool. We're trying to build the best website package for our customers. This is a new thing that we want to build. Let's go and build it. And that's where it's like, actually, regardless of where your roadmap is and the vision, how you get to the finish line might change because the features and the products that you build are sort of a byproduct of getting to the mission. They're like stepping stones. And the way that I see it is we might have an idea of what we're trying to get to is in the end solution, but the things we build along the way might change. And the benefit of paying attention to competition of what they're doing is you can see what worked, what didn't. Mm. Pick up the phone and speak to their customers. Like, why do you use this service? What's good, what's bad? You can use them predominantly for market research to validate your own ideas. I think the first mover advantage is overrated unless you're in a very, very highly competitive market where it's a land grab and there's like a winner takes all. So just the fact that a competitor does something similar to you It often means they've validated it for you and you were probably on the right path anyway. But pay attention to competition, see what they're doing and use it as market research and then take the time to actually reflect, am I making the right decision? I think being blinkered and just driving forward, there's a risk. I love the fact that there's a Steve Jobs reference and the guy was like, listen, think differently, do... Agree. There's so many people that want to consider themselves as the Steve Mm. Jobs visionary. Cool. How many people does it not work for and how many people go out of business? I think there's a... Yeah, I think... There's a balance here.
0: I think with a lot of things, being the first to market with anything, whether it's a product or a design or any any new innovation or invention, um, you you get to ride the wave because you're the first to market with it. Um, but by being sort of the second, third, fourth, you get the, like you say the added benefit of getting to understand people's reactions, like the pitfalls, and you can you can use someone else's innovation to help they've covered your R&D 100% and, and like you can learn from their mistakes so it just helps you potentially build a better product and try and uh, overtake the kind of the market leader well, I,
1: I, I just made myself smile because I thought about a quote and it's it's so cheesy but it's so true and it sort of reflects what there's this whole thing which is early bird gets the worm mm. but I like the follow-up to that so it's early bird gets the worm second mouse gets the cheese Because sometimes Mm. the first mouse into market gets squashed by the mousetrap. The market punches them in the face and says, no. The second adopter, the person that watched and learned that happen, learns from the pitfalls, learns from the R&D, uses that as an opportunity to do some research, and then comes back and gets the cheese. So I guess the point that I'm trying to make is one, what you're trying to build, you have to be mission focused as a business. You need to know the vision. So David's point, that CEO was like, listen, here's where we're going, here's what we're gonna do. Great. They're also operating in a market that is tried, true, and tested. And they might be doing innovative Mm -hmm. things, but they're not trying to rebuild a new market from what I understand, which means there's a degree of actually you can do that because he knows there's track record in the market. We know the customer base. If you're trying to develop something new, which a lot of startups are, they're trying to carve their own little space in the world, then it's risky territory about just being mission focused. As a business, we've pivoted three times in six years because (laughs) we have a mission as a bit. This is a great example. We have a mission as a business to help trades professionals become more professional and more profitable. We wanted to do that by building a free trade directory. We did that for two years, it failed miserably. So then we said, actually, what do the customers need? How do we serve this community? Hmm. And we did that for four years. We're coming now back full circle to the original vision. We never changed what we did. We always said, we wanna help people be professional and profitable. How we do that has changed but the outcome is still exactly the same. So I think don't misconstrue the thing that you build, the products, the features, the widgets that you build with the mission that you're on because they're interchangeable. The mission's there, how you get there, a good CEO will navigate the ship along the way to make sure the company stays in business, keeps cash flow and eventually gets to the finish line because there's no point being mission focused if you stumble 30 meters Mm. into the 100 meter race.
0: Cool. So don't allow anyone to change your mission
1: focus. If you're on a mission, follow it, but don't be so blinkered that you ignore what's happening with competition and what's happening in the overall environment in your industry. Otherwise you'll end
0: up like Blockbuster. Do you know there's still a Blockbuster open?
1: <laughs> there's no, they're out of business. Mm,
0: yeah, uh, the final Blockbuster locations in Alaska ah. are set to close. That's probably because Netflix don't stream that So it might It might still It might be closed now Because this was July 2018 But When you thought They were gone They were still hanging on moral of the story stream <laughs> guys if you have any questions you can ask them into the group and get not just me and adam to talk about it but you can get the whole community just go over to facebook and search startup diary club or if you want to just email us directly you can email questions at startupdiary.club. And if and you haven't left us that five star
1: review yet head over leave us that review tell us where you listen to the show why you listen to the show and if you are a business owner plug your own business we'll read it out on a future episode guys thank you so much for being a of the show
0: smash that subscribe button baby and we
1: will see you next time on the startup diary